0: of Main Street Sports Today. I'm Maurice Patton. That's Chris We're Coming to you live from the Lee Company Studios here in Columbia. Um, this is our Monday Mirror. There's not a whole lot to look back at from this past
1: weekend. Enough that we've got a couple things. But that's, yeah, I mean, news-wise, but not a whole lot of, you know, we've had, had, there had, there a college, had a little college basketball, had a little high school wrestling, and
0: yeah, that's that's kind of it. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> here's what jumped out at me over the weekend. And apparently my mic isn't working. That's fine. I can hear you. You can okay, well. It's interesting. Yeah. You can hear me. Yeah. I you're on Okay. I um, do Um how important was the clash at the Coliseum when they could move it up a day? And not really a
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. You know, I mean, I'm sure it was a big deal to somebody. But it's, it's not really that important. It's, it's literally just a, it's an
0: exhibition. It's
1: an exhibition. So, you know, you get it in when you can and you're already there. You've already put the, the, the road down and the, everything. So get it done.
0: I guess they, they don't necessarily expect people to come in from great distances for that and because moving it up a day from Sunday to Saturday that, that would you would never do that with Daytona
1: no well yeah I mean obviously moving it I, I think if you can move it to Saturday you're better off than, than moving it to Monday because of a rain out though right
0: I guess but because if, I, if you've got people traveling that are planning on being there Sunday okay
1: you're not a NASCAR guy, no. Buddy, they've been there since Tuesday. <laughs> they've been drinking since Monday at five when they started when they left to get there on Tuesday. They're fine.
0: Okay. <laughs> they gonna be there. So this gives them an extra day to get, get right. Okay.
1: Yeah, they can get. There. This gives them an the extra day to get out. So yes, anytime you can get it done ahead, We're We're perfectly good. fine. Okay. You you push it to Monday and then the crowds get iffy. Okay, all
0: right. But yeah, so so but, they but, but, but to good. answer your question, not that you didn't already know. <laughs> no, I'm not an
1: expert. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm giving you the, the benefit of, of of that one there. So. Yeah, but yeah, it's moving it to Saturday was not probably ideal for television purposes. Luckily, they were on a channel that ain't got nothing else going on. <clears throat> Well, I mean, there's just not a lot of live sports. I mean, we just talked about that, right? Mm-hmm. There's so that's that's one. Yeah. And so it's interesting how how that does play so a part. You,
0: so you put, you do it on Saturday and then you replay it on Sunday, right? Exactly. Because <laughs> why I
1: mean it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. Wow. Anyway. Well, we're that's probably about all the NASCAR you're gonna hear today. Yeah. But um, <laughs> big show. Um we have friend of the show, Charles Pulliam from the Williamson Herald, joining us in the second hour. We're going to talk a little bit of high school wrestling as he and I, among others, are recovering from the state duels that took place this past weekend, Saturday specifically, up at the Williamson County Ag Expo and talk a little bit about how that went. Um, Here in a bit, we are going to visit with Fox Sports' Eric D. Williams as we try to get ready for Super Bowl LV. Testing your Roman numerals here, Chris. Mm. Fifty-eight. The
1: the the yeah. <laughs> I knew I, I got there, but it It's 58. been it's
0: been a long time since fourth grade. <laughs> but yeah, so we'll be talking about that. Also, a little NFL, little college football coaching moves, as they seem to continue to be talking points in different places. We've got our Monstars. Well. You've got your Monstars. You haven't gotten yours yet? I do not. It's okay. Yeah, I'll come up with something, though. And the future format of the college football playoff as we go to 12 teams following the 2024 season. So we'll be talking about what folks are talking about as far as that goes.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's apparently drama.
1: No high drama, really involved, thanks to the pack two. So, <laughs> I know you're shocked that that is a talking point. That's a problem for the pack two. But
0: nah. how much of a problem is it really for the pack two? For the
1: pack two, it's not a problem at all.
0: Okay, that's kind of what I thought. It's <laughs> everybody else who's upset. Since neither of them is going to get in.
1: Oh, but they still get a vote which is the problem.
0: (laughs) That's funny. That's
1: funny. You can, can, I'm just telling you, be mad at all the teams that left them. That's all I'm gonna say.
0: There you go. Don't be mad at them for looking out for themselves. Don't be mad at them for being the only two remaining. I mean, they didn't tell everybody to leave. That's right. But yeah, we're gonna talk about all of that and more here in the next bit. But Chris, before we do anything else, we need to give the people this weekend scores and today's schedule on The Rundown.
2: This is The Rundown.
0: The Monday Rundown is brought to you by Zion Christian Academy. ZCA offers a faith-based, Christ-centered education in Murray County. Give them a call today at 931-388-5831 or visit zioneagles.org to schedule your appointment today. Zion Christian Academy. Prepared for college, equipped for purpose. Friday girls
1: basketball action. Hillsboro 58, Cane Ridge 39. It was Summit following the Centennial 46-41. Cheatham County downs Harp at 55-37. And Clarksville a 49-37 winner over Rossview. Clarksville Northeast down Kenwood 63-43. Spring Hill fell to Columbia Central 68-38. Cookville was a 46-44 winner over Lebanon. And Father Ryan down CPA 47-34. Cornersville down Cullioca 52-43. While Davidson Academy got past Friendship Christian 51 37. It was Donaldson Christian 47. Nashville Christian 31. Good Pasture 46 29. Winner over Ezo Harding and Creekwood Downs Fairview 57 36. Franklin Road Academy 59. Grace Franklin 41. Gallatin 52. I'm sorry, 62 41. Winners over Riverdale. Giles County Falls to Franklin County 48 32. While Beach Edges Green Hill 49 45. Henry County with a 12 point win over Dixon County 46 34. It was Houston County falling to McKenzie, 43-40. Valor Collegiate, 36-27. Winners over Hume Fogg. Huntland falls to Eagleville, 50-48. Franklin edges Independence, 40-37. Stratford, 51. Kip Nashville, 10. Stewart's Creek, 46-22. Winners over Laverne Loretto. Downs Lewis County, 61-6. That's accurate? Okay. Portland falls to Manakin County, forty-seven twenty-eight. 28 Murfreesboro Central, forty-one twenty-nine. Winners Over Marshall County, McGavick down to John Overton, fifty-eight fifty. Mount Juliet falls to Hendersonville, forty-eight thirty-nine. Summertown, seventy-two. Mount Pleasant, fifteen. Jeez. Brentwood, forty-six. Nolensville, thirty-six. And Oakland, fifty-two. Blackman. 51 in a thriller.
0: Also, Page with a 75-35 win over Ravenwood. Providence Christian defeated Battleground Academy 67-41. Richland with a 62-19 win over Hampshire. It was Cascade 45, Santa Fe 42. Rockvale with a 43-39 win over Siegel. Wilson Central defeated Smyrna 64-43. Springfield 62. Kirkwood 36. Station camp with a 50-33 win over White House. Sycamore defeated Montgomery Central 68-11. Charlesdale County 66, White House Heritage 49. Tullahoma 53, Lawrence County flip it 35. Clarksville Northwest 61, West Creek 31. Westmoreland with a 35-14 win over Liberty Creek. And East Nashville defeated White's Creek 61-22. Tough weekend to be a creek. (laughs) Saturday, Cornersville with a 59-17 win over Hampshire. It was Dixon County, 49. Kenwood, 38. Clarksville Academy with a 48-35 win over Friendship Christian. Liberty Creek, bounced back with a 41-30 win over Greenbrier. I guess the creek grows. Middle Tennessee Christian, 58. Grace Franklin, 31. Boys basketball action on Friday, Hillsborough with a 66-55 win over Cane Ridge, it was Centennial 54, Summit 39, Cheatham County with a 63-30, I'm sorry, 63-50 win over Harpeth, Rossview 54, Clarksville 39, Clarksville Academy down Mount Juliet, Christian 64-39, and it was Columbia Central 48, Spring Hill
3: 35.
0: Cookville, an 80-44 winner over Lebanon. Father Ryan down
1: CPA, 72-63. Cullioca, big win over Cornersville, 64-50. Davidson Academy, 63-60 over Friendship Christian. Nashville Christian falls to DCA, 54-41. Good Pasture, a 59-55 winner over Ezo Harding. Creekwood falls to Fairview, 70-65. It was Gallatin, 59 Riverdale, 53. Franklin County, fifty-seven fifty-four 57-54 Went over Giles County. Green Hill, Falling to Beach in a thriller 60 to 58. Henry County 58 51 winners over Dixon County. Houston County 60 50 winner over McKenzie. Hume Fogg downs Valor Collegiate 57 21. Huntland falls to Eagle 63 51. Independence with a big win over Franklin 67 42. Joe Burns edging Knowledge Academy 69 66. And Laverne was a 61 57 winner over Stewart's Creek. Glencliff falls to Lawson 57 30. 50, 53 37. And Lipscomb Academy downs Montgomery Bell Academy 60 to 54. It was Loretto 80, Lewis County 34, Portland 39 31 against Macon County, Marshall County 66, Murfreesboro Central 57, Maplewood falls to Martin Luther King 54 36, Overton downs McGavick 62 48, Mount Juliet 44, Hendersonville 33, Mount Pleasant with a big win over Summertown 73 53.
0: Nope. 29 points, 11 rebounds from Ryan Benderman in that one.
1: Nolensville, 56. Brentwood, 53. It was Oakland, 43-38. Winners over Blackman. Page Downs, Ravenwood, 54-44. That's a big one there. Pope Prep gets a 64-55 win over Innsworth. Providence Christian Downs, BGA, 77-66. The, huh. They continue to slide. Does BGA. Mm -hmm. Red Bulling Spring 68-46 winners over Nashville Christian Central. Richland Downs, Hampshire 65-17. Santa Fe Falls again to Cascade 56-51. Seagull 72. Rockville 54. Wilson Central 62-39. Winners over Smyrna. Kirkwood A winner over Springfield 73-43, White House 48, Station Camp 46, White House Heritage 67, Charleston County 66, and a thriller there. Marshall County 48-37, winners over Tullahoma. Watertown Downs Monterey 54-44, Webb School defeats Middle Tennessee Christian 81-44, and the Creeks bounce back on the boys' side. Liberty Creek 36, Westmoreland 32, Whites Creek 51, East Nashville 49. That was a great one, by the way. I don't know if you saw the ending on – there were some – Twitter video out there of the ending of that one, and it was fantastic. Zion
0: Christian defeats Franklin Christian seventy eight sixty eight. Hey, was that Marshall County forty eight, Tullahoma thirty seven, or was that, was that Lawrence County as it's written here, forty eight
1: thirty seven? I have no. If it's whatever it says Lawrence okay. County,
0: yeah, no,
1: <laughs> huh? I have I have I have Lawrence
0: County forty eight, Tullahoma thirty seven. Okay, you read Marshall County forty eight. Okay. And it threw me off. I apologize. That's fine. All right. Saturday, boys basketball action. It was Cornersville 65, Hampshire 29. Kenwood with a 53-52 win over Dixon County. Clarksville Academy defeated Friendship Christian 58-53. Greenbrier with a 47-31 win over Liberty Creek. Grace Christian of Franklin 62. Middle Tennessee Christian 53. University School of Nashville with a 60-55 to win over Webb School. Men's college basketball action on Saturday. Tennessee goes to Rupp and has, well, I won't say no problem, but they scored 100 points, defeating the Wildcats 103-92. I the third time ever in that arena. In that arena, that an opponent, opponent has scored. Yeah. Yeah. First since '93. Been a while. Missouri State 87, Belmont 80, Tennessee State 79. Southern Indiana, 74. Lipscomb with an 84-82 win over Jacksonville. Austin Peay defeated North Florida, 95-91. Western Kentucky with an 88-65 win over Middle Tennessee State. Campbellsville, 75. Cumberland, 73. Fisk defeats Oakwood of Alabama, 61-57. It was Ohio Dominican, 81. Trevecca, 76. UT Southern with a 79-55 win over Dalton State of Georgia. On Saturday in women's basketball action, Austin Peay 63, Queens 38, Kennesaw State 62, Lipscomb 59, Tennessee State with a 65-58 win over Southern Indiana, Middle Tennessee State 80, Western Kentucky 48, Campbellsville, Kentucky 73, Cumberland 49, Fisk with a 67-55 win over Oakwood, Trevecca defeated Ohio Dominican 101-80, to and UT Southern... Defeated Welch 76 60 on Sunday. Tennessee with a six, with, I'm sorry, with an 80 to 69 win over Missouri. And hold on. In the- hold on, before we go, I
1: need, do we have another game? Uh, no, just kidding. No, 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 no we don't. No, just we kidding. Don't. That's today.
0: Mm-hmm. And in the association, the Celtics 131, the Grizzlies 91 on Sunday. High school basketball tonight, six
1: o'clock girls' games. Uh, boys to follow spring hills at coffee county at six is at cornersville fairview welcomes montgomery central uh hampshire goes to frank hughes gallatin's at green hill cheatham county's at harpeth houston county's at hollow Brewston bruce and lipscomb academy welcomes mm. Webb school uh, franklin christian is at merrill hyde moore county is at murfreesboro central pope prep welcomes cpa shovelville is at home against columbia central laverne goes to stewart's creek Creekwoods at sycamore Victory Baptist and Pleasant View Christian at Victory. Wilson Central welcomes Trousdale County. In Girls Only Action Tonight at 5:30, St. Cecilia is at Innsworth and Harpeth Halls at Father Ryan at 6. And in Women's College Basketball, Welch is at UT Southern at 6. And on the SEC network, you can catch Vanderbilt at Memorial Gymnasium against. Alabama, and
0: the Fighting Carly Weathers. The Fighting Carly Weathers, and I feel like Loretto will be well represented at Memorial. Likely. It's going to be interesting. Loretto's black and gold, Vanderbilt's black and gold. How do you, how do you get around that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But uh,
1: that, folks, is your rundown.
0: Today's top story brought to you as always by Piggly Wiggly over in Neely's Mill here in Columbia. Be sure and go through there for your delicious daily deli lunch options. They also have hand-cut meats and everything is cost plus 10 at the register, so be sure and check that out.
1: It is delicious indeed. Today's top story, Moe, comes from College football.
0: We'll it, start the show with college football. We'll end the show with college football. It's, it's, well, there's always something to talk about with college football. Always. Yeah, and, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. De um, DeBoer, the new Alabama football coach, running into some issues. A to Z Sports reporting that there are allegations – that DeBoer has tampered with Arizona quarterback Noah Fafita, the reigning Pac-12 to – I guess it was 12 last mm-hmm. year. Okay. The reigning – I guess the not last – defending, though. I guess the last Pac-12 freshman of the year. Not necessarily. Again, they've got two years
1: to rebuild it. So I'm not saying last. I'm just going to say – right now because he's not defending no he's not he's just simply raining
0: yeah um Noah Fafita um ascended to the role of starting quarterback qb1 for the wildcats over the course of the season and the Wildcats won 10 games so um apparently that looked pretty good to somebody in Tuscaloosa because Fafita's dad is saying that Alabama reached out to them. Said, hey, why don't you come play here? We've got Jalen Milroe. We've got Ty Simpson. We need somebody else in our quarterback. Oh, not, just, not just those two,
1: the kid from Washington that transferred with DeBoer. That's Clearly, right. Kalen DeBoer does not feel like Jalen Milroe is capable of playing college football quarterback. Well, maybe he'd been talking to Bill O'Brien. Maybe. It's not the last time you'll hear his name in the show either. <laughs>
0: According to Les Fafita, we had three reach out for sure. Alabama is the only one we were really interested in outside of Arizona and staying, and obviously Washington. Um Fafita is not in the portal. That's correct. That's illegal.
1: It is, in fact. So. I'm not, okay, so these tampering things, one, Tony Vitello had to sit out three games for Maui Ahuna. That's, I mean, tampering is no no nothing. (laughs) That being said. Now, that's three games in a
0: 56-game schedule. In baseball.
1: I understand that. But he still got a, a got a a suspension from actual
0: game contests. Okay, so let me get my but, calculator out real quick. Oh, here, he, Caden Proctor,
1: former Alabama offensive lineman who is now transferred to Iowa, is self-reporting a tampering violation after a poor performance from Proctor in a game earlier this season, an Iowa coach texted him to, quote, hang in there. Boy, but Proctor said, Come on now. Proctor said, hey, they texted me during the season. Come and
0: I, I'm just saying, I don't think they're equal. Well, I guarantee you this, Caden Proctor won't hear from that assistant coach again.
1: Well, I mean, ever
0: at any point,
1: unless he got, I don't believe he's gotten fired. So he probably will considering that Caden Proctor now
0: plays at Iowa. That's right. (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) I don't think the guy got fired. (laughs) Okay. So, so (laughs) what was the pre-existing relationship between them then? Had he recruited Proctor's from
1: Iowa? And yes, they recruited him. Yeah. It's, it, it literally is a hang in there. It wasn't, Hey, if this don't work out, you still got a home here, kind of thing. It was just a—I built a relationship with you, and I want you to know that we're—you know—we're thinking about you. Yeah, hope things get it, better. It's—it's it's the lowest of the low thing, and I don't think that this is the same thing. I'm just saying that I don't think the NCAA has levels of tampering.
0: <laughs>
1: Maybe they do. I don't know.
0: Maybe they should. But
1: this is a level three in the in the. Uh, in the self-reporting from Iowa. So I don't know if this will be a self-report from Alabama as a level three.
0: I don't know. If or if all... there
1: are levels of tampering. Uh, because Tony Vitello, again,
0: three games,
1: which is .64. So he might have to sit out a half.
0: half yeah. Kaylen DeJour may have to sit out a half the against the first
1: half of the the first or game UTC against or yeah or whoever whomever they play that first game.
0: Yep. But that's
1: an interesting. It, it's interesting that the NCAA. I think the NCAA may have to institute levels of tampering.
0: Well, I mean, if you're going to call hang in there
1: tampering, then yeah, they do. Because that's not tampering to me. Come that's on. simply
0: come on showing yeah. some concern for a kid. Yeah. You got anything else before we take a break?
1: Uh I'll be honest with you. I don't. I mean, I, I probably do, but I don't want to get too far into the weeds on this thing no. because I I do feel like there's a serious situation regarding Jalen Milro and of course what we care about, Ty Simpson. I, I think somebody's somebody's gonna have to answer some questions at the University of Alabama. So
0: yeah. When we come back from this break, we are going to visit with Charles Pulliam of the Williams. No, we're not. No, we're not. We're going to visit with Eric Williams (laughs) of Fox Sports. There we go. My bad. We're going to visit with Eric D. Williams. Talk a little um, Super Bowl 58. I won't test Chris again. But um, (laughs) stay with us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint.
1: Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net.
4: With Lee Company technology, the best handymen are hands off. Lee Company techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along you see what we see whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof with lee company technology helps us help you no matter what's happening in the world
0: or at your house
5: We thrive under the lights. A city of performers. Putting on one heck of a show. Headlining night after night. Welcome to Smashville.
0: Welcome back to the Monday mirror edition of Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. That's Chris Yao. I'm Maurice Patton, and we are about to be joined by Eric D. Williams of Fox Sports as we talk a little Super Bowl 58 with the 49ers taking on the Chiefs. Eric, good afternoon.
3: afternoon fellas thanks for having me appreciate it
0: no 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 man
3: thank you for joining us we appreciate it um have you made it to Vegas yet I am not headed to Vegas this week I'll be watching on TV like you guys
0: oh okay okay well all in all probably just as enjoyable if not more so when it comes right down to it but um you know what what feel do you have for the 49ers heading into Mm -hmm. Sunday
3: Yeah, I had a chance to watch the 49ers in the NFC Championship game and and the week before that in the divisional round. Also had a chance to watch the Chiefs. I was at that wild card game in the cold, cold weather, probably the coldest I've ever been uh, when they faced the Dolphins, who looked a lot colder than I was. Um, You know, the Niners are playing better. Um, They're definitely struggling in the first half of games, Uh, you know, getting off the slow starts in those first two postseason games but then you know, playing well when they needed to in the, in the fourth quarter. Uh, I think the defense needs to play improved if they expect to get a win in the Super Bowl. They, they can't get off to a slow start and get behind because I don't think that um, they would be able to catch up against the Mahomes, and, and especially the way Kansas City's defense is playing right now. Um, for me, I think the path to victory for the 49ers is Christian McCaffrey early and often, really leaning on the run game, and letting that that kind of carry the offense and letting Purdy and the rest of that group make plays off of that. If they can lean on McCaffrey, get ahead early, which was kind of their blueprint to success earlier in the year, then I think they have a chance against Mahomes. But I, I think if, if the Chiefs are able to get out early, it's going to be tougher for the Niners to catch up.
0: And past McCaffrey, Eric, do you expect to see a little jet with Debo from time to time Mm -hmm. just to kind of keep them honest?
3: Yeah, that's been the recipe when they want to run the football, some jet sweeps in the perimeter uh, with Debo uh, to kind of stretch the defense horizontally. And then, you know, you see McCaffrey kind of up the gut, you know, running down downhill, uh, particularly left side of the offensive line where Trent Williams is at. Um, So I do expect to see both Debo and McCaffrey running the football uh, and really just making those Chiefs defensive linemen tackle. Eric, um, mm. we have a number, all of a sudden, of
0: 49er fans in our area, thanks mm. to um, former Blackman High School standout, Juwan Jennings, who, yeah. going into the championship weekend, there was a tweet out there that of the quarterbacks involved in championship weekend, he had been the highest-rated recruit coming out of high school at quarterback, but mm-hmm. um, so obviously made the transition to receiver and has obviously been impactful for the 49ers in limited opportunities. They, mm-hmm. but they, they really like him, don't they?
3: Yeah, he's earned the nickname third and one because that's who they look for in those, those critical third down situations. And he's made a number of big plays throughout the year and was one of the guys that stepped up when Debo got hurt a couple weeks ago. Uh, so he's their number three receiver, but uh, both Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy have a lot of trust and belief in what he can do in critical moments. Um, and he's really um, he's, he's really shifty in, in those in the middle of the field, getting open and creating separation. Uh, made a nice one-handed catch, I believe, last week, uh, which was an important catch for them to kind of continue that drive. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of a lot of respect for his game. I think it was his only catch.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Might have been. <laughs> but, but it converted
0: a first down. Again, mm-hmm. Your third and Juwan situation there. So um, you talked about the 49er offensive mindset going into this one. How do you get Kansas City slowed down? Because, again, for all of the slip-ups that you saw out of Kansas City during the regular season – that offense seems to have found some consistency and found another
3: gear here in the postseason. Yeah, a couple different things that I think uh, the 49ers are going to need to do defensively. First, got to figure out where, where Kelsey is on the field, and you got to double him. I think you really just have to take him away and make Patrick find other receivers on the field uh, to move the ball and, and move the chains. And then I think the second thing is is Pacheco. you, you got to tackle him. You know, and it's got to be all, all 11 getting to the football. Uh, the Niners have struggled, you know, stopping the run throughout the year. You know, Arizona Cardinals put over 200 yards rushing. The Giants were able to, to run the ball against them. And, and throughout the playoffs, both Green Bay and Detroit have been able to effectively run the football. And so the Niners defensively up front, they have a lot of one-gap guys that like to get up the field. Uh, they really have to do a good job of of kind of, you know, defending the run first and handling their responsibilities in the run game before they try to get out from the I feel like if the Chiefs are able to run the football and control clock, again, I think that kind of works works in the Chiefs' favor, particularly with way, the way they're playing defensively.
1: Eric D. Williams of Fox Sports joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. You know, Eric, this is – a this is an interesting Super Bowl obviously San Francisco expected to be here I don't think halfway through this season that Kansas City fans or anyone else expected the Chiefs to be in this game is there pressure on San Francisco because they were the I guess favorite to Mm -hmm. to make the Super Bowl and obviously playing a team that was not necessarily expected to get here or is it you know? They're the defending champs, and we are st- we still have to beat them to, to, to take that crown.
3: Yeah, I, even though San Francisco's favored and we're expected to be here, I still feel like the pressure is on Mahomes and the Chiefs as defending champs and trying to be the first team in over 20 years to, to win back-to-back Super Bowls. This is a legacy game for Mahomes. If he wants to continue to kind of chase Brady and, and, and get those rings at his age, with a team, like you said, that wasn't necessarily expected to be here when you looked at what they were doing in the middle of the season. Uh, for me, I feel like there's more pressure on Mahomes than than the Niners, you know, going into this game. I did pick the Chiefs to 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 repeat as champions at the start of the season. Felt like changing that pick week eight. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I stayed with it. Um, and I think really the difference for the Chiefs has been, coach bags and what he's done with that defense and bringing a young group, particularly at secondary and getting them to play at a high level when they don't really have a lot of money to spend at some of those positions because they're paying Mahomes so much money. So that's, that's really been the difference and and the difference in how this team plays. So Mahomes doesn't feel like he has to go out there and, and throw for 350 yards. He can kind of manage the game, which he's kind of talked about the last couple of weeks. And then in the fourth quarter, he can come alive and, and and put the game away. And so he's not making as many turnover-worthy plays as he did his first couple years in the league.
0: Is there a concern, Eric, as you look at the two quarterbacks with the fact that this is Brock Purdy's first mm-hmm. Super Bowl, mm-hmm. first time in this environment under this spotlight, with so much on the line? Um, and he has not been great for 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. In any of these postseason games, is is that a
3: concern if you're a Forty Nine er? Yeah, that's certainly a concern. We, we've seen it. We've seen Brock at times put too much pressure on himself to to make home run type plays to kind of you know get rid of that that game manager you know moniker which you know people have tried to put on him. Um, you know, I've watched Brock play a lot over the last two years. Um, have a lot of um, have a lot of respect for for how he's handled himself. I think the thing with Brock, two things that people forget about Brock. Um, you know, he he was the last person selected in in the draft. So why should we expect him to be Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen? You know, he's not those guys athletically, but he's probably a better athlete than maybe people give him credit for. The other thing is, is he had major shoulder, shoulder surgery in March. So the fact that he's playing at this high a level did not miss any time. And has his team one game away from winning Super Bowl. I think he deserves a lot of respect for that as well. A lot of people that had the injury that he had would not be playing in this situation. So that says a lot about his resolve, his work ethic, his ability to work through tough situations. That said, playing in Super Bowl is a lot different than playing uh, in the NFC Championship game or the NFC Divisional round because. Of so many eyes that are going to be on you watching this game, and it is a legacy game for Purdy as well because you don't know if you you're ever going to be back in the situation. You want to make the most of it, um, but I, you know I wouldn't I wouldn't discount Purdy. Um, he's he's a very tough kid. He's very resilient, um, and and he's made some big plays and big moments for this team.
1: Well, you know, and part of part of the thing is that you know, like I was just saying. I do think the pressure is on Kansas City. And, you know, I'm Mr.
0: Irrelevant. What what do well, I have to lose? Yeah, I'm not, if if I'm not I lose this game here, I'm, if, I'm supposed to lose it.
1: I'm supposed to lose. <laughs> you can kind of throw caution to the wind. And, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, as long as you don't make mistakes to lose your team in the game, I feel like, you know, there's probably a little less pressure on Brock Purdy to win this game necessarily. But boy, wouldn't it be something if he did go out there and throw for 280, 300, and two or three touchdowns, no picks, they win, and Mr. Irrelevant to MVP. Wouldn't that be something? I mean, my goodness, what a story.
0: I'm, so going, he, I'm going to Disney World. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. From Mr. Irrelevant to I'm going to Disney World. That would be kind of that crazy. would be pretty great. And so, you know,
1: there is that. And again, you know, it's Iowa State. He's he's never, he's never seen these, these kind of eyeballs before. So you never know how somebody's gonna react those situations. That being said, San Francisco does have some guys who have played in big games. Mm-hmm. And it's it's going to be important for them to, you know, curb the enthusiasm a little bit <laughs> early, you know, to to kind of, you know, hey, I know there's a lot of lights. There are people that you you love to see, but how do we, you know, deflate that balloon and mm-hmm. make sure we stay on task and win the super bowl so who are those guys
3: well i'll give you an x factor i think george kittle is going to have to play big uh you know that's that's brock's security blanket there's been a lot of talk obviously about kelsey and for good reason because of the numbers he put up in the postseason but kittle is, hasn't really had that breakout game he's had some big catches but not you know that six catch 220 yard two touchdown performance that we've seen him make on occasion during the regular season. So um, I think he'll have some favorable matchups because they have to deal with McCaffrey and Iuke and and Debo. I think he's going to get one-on-one and uh, that would be a person I would look forward to, to be one of those players that takes some pressure off of Purdy. It's
1: going to be a lot of fun to watch as, as obviously the Super Bowl comes up and uh, Kansas city going for the the repeat, and just getting back is a feat in, in and of itself.
0: Especially with the season that they had. Particularly. Because like you said, a lot of people were counting them out mid-year.
1: <laughs> Myself included. So, Eric D. Williams at Fox Sports. Uh, Eric, since we've got you, man, what's, uh, what's the word in L.A. with Jim Harbaugh? He seems to be quietly putting together a really good staff.
3: Yeah, no doubt. I was uh, able to attend that press conference in L.A. uh, Thursday of last week. A lot of excitement for that franchise and that team now with Jim taking over. Um, As you mentioned, he's bringing a couple people with him uh, from from Michigan defense coordinator, uh, mentor, um, one of his personnel guys as well. Um, I think you're probably going to see Greg Roman land there at some point. He used to be his offensive coordinator with the 49ers. Um, so, yeah, putting together a good staff and, you know, Jim's a person that's won wherever he's been, whether it was Michigan, uh, where he started initially, University of San Diego, um, obviously uh, Stanford and, and with the 49ers took them to the Super Bowl. Um, and that certainly is expectation with the Chargers, with the quarterback that he has in Justin Herbert. They're moving into a new practice facility in June. He's excited about that. And so I think it'll be interesting to see what that roster looks like. There's, there's a, a number of older guys on that roster. Eckler going to be a free agent, uh, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Derwin James, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. It'll be interesting to see who stays and who goes. They have some salary cap issues. Um, I believe they a number five pick overall in the draft. So they can certainly get a, a blue chip player to come in there and help with Herbert. I thought to talk about Saquon Barkley, you know, potentially landing with the chargers to kind of give Herbert some balance in the running game. That's interesting to me. That is. Jim's teams always run the football and are always balanced. So um, that could make some sense if, um, if the giants aren't able to keep them.
0: That is interesting. It's very interesting. Eric D Williams of Fox sports joining us here on main street sports today, presented by mid Tennessee bone and joint. Eric, appreciate your time. Enjoy the couch. <laughs> and we will catch up with you, Ben. Thank you.
3: All right. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right.
0: Next up on MSST, Monstars, as we talk about some of our top performers from the weekend, as we look back here on the Monday Mirror. So stay with us from the Lee Company Studios here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be right back. gonna New Tennessee and Joint. That's Chris Yow. I'm Maurice Patton. Next on the docket here on the show are Monstars as we look back over the weekend's top individual performances. And, Yow, since it's just the two of us, I will defer to you for your first Monstar.
1: All right, well, I'll start in the Senior Bowl. First sellout, by the way, since Tim Tebow was in the bowl.
0: I saw a text somewhere that there are nine guys that participated in the Senior Bowl that are projected as first-round picks, which would be the most from the Senior Bowl in quite a while. I didn't see specifically how long it's been since they've had that many Senior Bowl participants go in the opening round of the NFL draft. But maybe maybe that's part of the <clears throat> sellout status. that they Perhaps. Enjoyed. Michael Penix
1: sat out. He did not play.
0: He and did and participate. participate. And mm-hmm. and again, the game is kind of secondary to the workouts and the practices right. and the interviews and that kind of thing. So uh, why he's not he's not injured, is he? Just well, they had an odd number of quarterbacks. They had a bunch
1: of quarterbacks.
0: Yeah. So like a bunch. So yeah.
1: Don't tell Wazoo cornerback Chow Smith Wade. That the game doesn't mean anything because he returned an interception 83 yards in the final two minutes that set up the decisive score for the national team in their 16 to seven win. Wazoo, Charles Smith, who Wade, Charles Smith Wade from the Pack Two, from the Pack Two baby, represent. <laughs> <laughs> Got to give him credit. That was a good job there, and just a a great read and took it 83 yards to set up the game winner. So He took it 83 yards and didn't score. Didn't score. Yeah, No, he, he's, he, he got it Ooh. in the end zone. I don't know who ran it down. but Ooh. Uh, he picked off Joe Milton and then hesitated momentarily before realizing he wasn't down under NFL rules. So he got up? He got to get up. Oh, and, goodness. And uh, Amani Bailey stopped him at the one-yard line with a minute 38 to go.
0: Wow. So, okay. Um, my monstar, and you know I like picking monstars from losing efforts, and I don't think there was any bigger such performance this weekend than Steph Curry mm. going for sixty in Golden State's one forty-one, one thirty-four overtime loss to Trey Young and the Hawks. Are the Warriors done? They might be. That's a
1: good question.
0: They are twenty one and twenty-five following that loss on Saturday night. I mean they're gonna get in, obviously, because they
1: are they the play-in, dude. Memphis is still in, and they're like twelve and forty-seven. I, I
0: don't know. How, <laughs> There's nine or ten teams getting in. I, I, well, see, that's the thing. I don't know how the playoffs work in the NBA anymore. Yeah. Just wake me up when they start.
1: Yeah, when or the play. Maybe when you get to the conference semifinals, wake me up. They can get into the play-in game for sure. They're definitely getting into the play-in game. Now, I, past that, don't don't hold me to anything. But they're definitely getting into the play, no matter what. Because like I said, heck, even Memphis is still in play for one of those. I think eight teams do get in, seriously, from each conference, which is a lot. So Wow. Because yeah. I think I think eight and nine play for the eight
0: spot. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, speaking of the Hawks, by the way, Trey Young, 27.3 points a game, did not make the all-star team. That, uh, Eleven assists per game, second in the league. It's the Atlanta bias. It's everywhere, huh? Yeah, in all sports,
1: mm-hmm. right? So, all right, Your number two. My number two. Let's see here. I was going to go back to the well that I have drawn from previously, but I'll wait and see if we can see, see if uh, see if he's still available. After your second mon star, most likely. Uh, but so I will go with. I'm trying to look, trying to find the girl from LSU her first name. Uh,
0: What's her last name? Hold on a
1: second, I got to get
0: to. <laughs> she had. The young lady from LSU, by the way. Anisha Morrow. Oh, the DePaul the DePaul 20. transfer. 18 and 20.
1: 18, 18 points. points. 20 boards. 20 boards. So, and they win 106 to 66 over Florida.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's pretty solid. Um, Yes. Uh,
1: 18 and 20. 18 is, you know, solid, whatever, but 20 boards. 20 boards. Too that's bad, bad you
0: couldn't get one more basket.
1: Oh, right. A 2020. No.
0: Great. Um, let's see. Who's my number two? I mean, 20 boards is a lot. 26 and 13 is pretty solid, though. 26 points, 13 feeds. And that's what Zakiya Ziegler had mm. up at Rupp. And, you know, Kentucky fans and a lot of folks are kind of lamenting that loss But they were right in that game, it felt like. I mean, it never felt, as I watched it as a UT fan, I don't think you ever really felt comfortable.
1: Until until the the under four. Until the under four, I didn't feel comfortable. Once we got under four, I was like, okay, we're going to win this. We're up 10 under four. We're, We're fine. But until the under
0: four, I was not comfortable at any point. Yeah. And it's funny, um, apparently Rick told him before the game, we're not going to stand around and watch Dalton. And so. Well, it's a good thing because. Uh,
1: what do you have, 15?
0: Yeah. But Zakai and JoJo James had 26 each.
1: And in a know, winning effort, by the way. I've been kind of waiting on that. You have. And, you know, I, and I think to some degree, that was Kentucky's game plan. Force somebody else to beat us. Well, it ain't like they can't. Clearly. Well, <laughs> but if you if you go back to the South Carolina loss, they were awful. Everybody except Dalton Connect. And so I wonder if the game plan to beat Tennessee is let Dalton do Dalton and make sure nobody else can score.
0: i just feel like tennessee has too many potential scores for that to be a sound approach or for that to be a winning approach over the long haul i mean you, you only get, gotta
1: beat them once <laughs> i
0: mean at that at that point sure you know what sure I mean? yeah but i mean james and Ziegler and vescovy and you know Gainey, if he Gets on the run from behind the arc, and I don't know, man. A lot sure. of fun. and not to mention, you know, Adu.
1: Yeah, if if Adu would just get a little tougher, he'd be scary. But he he likes to play finesse around the around the rim, and it's weird. Hmm. Now he got a little. Obviously, there was a a situation where there
0: was a situation
1: <laughs> where everything kind of worked out in in his favor, even though a. a terrible job by the officials to offset technical fouls there when only one person deserved a technical foul. Well,
0: you weren't only going to get one technical foul out of that situation in that environment. I I understand, but that... Because you you weren't just going to call a technical on Kentucky in that situation in raw. It wasn't going to happen. I I know that. (laughs) But... You know, it is what it is.
1: My final Monstar, I dipped my pen back into the well. Mm-hmm. Drew Pember. 36, 11, and 7. Dude wow. just continues to impress.
0: And good for him. Good for him. You know, he got somewhere where he could play and he's playing. The um, former, what, Beard? Former Beard and standout who originally signed with UT out of high school, stayed there at home, didn't work out, transferred to UNC Asheville, right? Mm-hmm. And it's killing it. So, by the way, Tennessee slipped to sixth. Well, I guess it was a, a loss to South Carolina. They did lose a game. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I don't, I mean, Kentucky at Rupp doesn't offset that. Uh, clearly not.
1: Well I mean they 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 only dropped one, so it probably mm-hmm. did do quite a bit to to mitigate how far they could have fallen, but it also doesn't hurt that you beat Wisconsin on the road, and they took Purdue to the wire, so
0: well, and I guess you had to make room for Kansas to get up. Yeah, After they beat Houston.
1: I still don't know. Uh, I st- I'm still not in- entirely sure what's up with Houston, but that's neither here nor there. How about South Carolina going from unranked to 15th? <laughs> Ahead of now Alabama, who, by the way, if the season ended today, would be the number one seed in the SEC tournament.
0: I guess when you beat Kentucky and you beat Tennessee at Tennessee... In successive weeks, you kind of get some folks' attention.
1: Was it, it? I thought it was consecutive games. Didn't they beat them on Saturday and then, like, what? And then Tuesday or something? It was Saturday, yeah, Tuesday. Were, well,
0: yeah, yeah, it was Saturday. I mean, Tuesday, yes. So it was, in our
1: minds. It is week, but well,
0: and there was a poll in
1: between. Yeah,
0: but yeah, like, but yeah, holy you're crap, right, exactly. Yeah,
1: they did it within five days. Yeah, you you can't. I mean. There's not much you can do about that. You just got you you gotta say, all right, yeah. South Carolina's a real deal.
0: Mm-hmm. So um my third and final mind star, And an Iron Woman mind star, because to me a Scott played all 40 minutes in Middle Tennessee State's eighty to forty-eight win over Western Kentucky. For what? Why? I'm not questioning <laughs> anything Rick Ensel does. I'll let you. Okay, but like, what if? You know? Don't, don't.
1: I'm just saying, no, like, no, let's
0: no, Don't put that ugly on me. But no, um, 26.7 boards <laughs> in 40 minutes. Oof. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. And not a bad night at the office. But yeah, that's, I think that's a valid question, but I'm not going to ask it. Anyhow, anyhow, those are our Mind Stars Let's take presented break. by you, you. If you want to get at us, anyway, when we come back, we will visit. Can I say it now? You can, can now. We will visit with the Williamson Heralds, Charles Pulliam, Talk a little High School Wrestling, not wrestling. Stay tuned.
5: Live under the lights. a city of performers. Putting on one heck of a show. Headlining night after night. Welcome to Smashville.
1: AP Tennessee sports editor, three-time Tennessee sports Trainer of the year, 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome
0: Teresa. Walker. Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, Xai Young Award winner, R.A. Dickey. Ari, did I miss anything? Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to listen to that part before I go to bed every night. That
1: was nice. Has <laughs> five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham. <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) Other guy, Wham, married the best-looking girl, Bananarama. So other guy, Wham, had a pretty good life. From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street Media social platforms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice.
0: You heard it just then, from preps to pros. Welcome back to Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. That's Chris Yao. I'm Maurice Patton. We are coming at you from the Lee Company Studios here in Columbia. And we've done the pros. It's time to do some preps with our friend Charles Pulliam of the Williamson Herald as we talk a little state duels wrestling. Oh, look at this guy with all of his lanyards. That is a lot of lanyards. It's a lot of (laughs) lanyards, a lot of passes. Yeah, I, I've talked about this before. I've never had the foresight to keep, keep them all. all of that stuff. And it's unfortunate. <sighs>
6: yeah, really. I wouldn't say I was trying to keep it all. This is definitely not all of them. Let's put it that way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Charles, appreciate you taking some time with um after getting your barn reset. There's always
6: something fun going on out here at CC acres is what my wife and I'll call call the property. But, uh, yeah, yeah. It takes some time.
0: (laughs) Horses, chickens, dogs. What else y'all got out there?
6: Ducks and turkeys and, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, there's always something
0: going on. Let's put it that way.
1: (laughs) Oh, William had a farm. There we go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oh, exactly. Yeah. Hey, um, Goodness gracious, how do you work?
6: Um, well, that's kind of the thing. I, uh, I'm i always doing something, guys. Let's put it that way. Uh, there's, there's every moment of each day can be taken up. And usually it's a sports-related thing. I'm going to tackle a story here right after we get off. And then uh, I'm going to go finish feeding the horses and then get on the road and go out and do my show a little later night. So we're just, we just keep rolling. Tomorrow is going to be for basketball and uh, you know, it's just, it's always something. And then Wednesday's actually a print day because we do have a printed paper too. So yeah, there's a there's a good variety. Wednesday night, I get to be on the radio with Joe Williams covering some basketball, so that's cool too.
0: <laughs> Tell us about your show before we get into this wrestling. Yeah, uh, that's the uh, the Wilco
6: Sports Power Hour we do every Monday night at uh, Tony's Eat and Drink in Franklin. And tonight we're going to have uh, Ravenwood Boys and Girls Basketball represented, and we actually have a, a really cool one too because uh, Nolensville uh, had a uh, a couple kids and and kind of represented at the Special Olympics. Uh, state basketball tournament recently. So, we got two kids coming in that were part of the unified crew there. So, excited to have them. And then, of course, we're going to talk some wrestling too. So, uh, a couple Brentwood wrestlers rolling in there after their third place finish this weekend.
0: Oh, they won't have anything to say, will they? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Summit comes in as the region six double A champion and draws Cleveland right out of the box. And mm-hmm. Brentwood, the Region 6 A runner-up, gets Arlington for its state quarterfinal matchup. And both those go as you probably would have objectively expected. Yeah, tough draw for Summit.
6: Yeah, and, you know, Coach Miller and I talked forever leading up to that, and you kind of just had to switch into it. You know, if you're going to wrestle for a state championship at some point, you're going to have to see some, uh, Cleveland. That's just the way wrestling's gone for roughly the last decade here. Cleveland's now the seven-time defending dual champs, and you know they've won the last six in the traditional here too. So they really are the cream of the crop and right near the top for everything. So you have to face them at some point. Um, as Coach Miller said, you know it's just going to be like, uh, you got to bring a cup of coffee this time instead of watching them in the evening. But you think about what Summit was able to do there. Uh, not the best weight to start at one hundred and fifty might have been the worst starting pop, uh, weight class for a summit because you got Landon and Sell down at one hundred and forty-four. You defending state champion, nationally ranked, two weights up from him. Jarvis Little, the two-time state champion. You know, there is your your gauntlets cut in half, really, and you only got the tail end there. So it's up to the other guys to kind of get you enough points to battle in there. And you know, Cleveland was dominant all day Saturday, and they only gave up, I think, one other match. Uh, and that was against Brentwood in the semifinals. Ruger Humble picked up a big pin at 215. But outside of that, the only other losses on the day were the first two matches there, Zachary Little and Braden Leach for Summit. From then on, from 165, you get the Fowler boys in there, Cy and Logan, and then uh, Lucas, Gabe Moore, guys like that. These guys are are studs, and Cleveland just kind of flexed their muscles, and Summit's best didn't get the opportunity to roll with Cleveland.
0: Yeah, and that's unfortunate that they didn't get a chance to get on the mat when it mattered in that particular match, and it kind of set the tone a little bit. But, um, you know, Cleveland wins that match in the quarterfinals. They get Brentwood in the semifinals. Mm -hmm. And Herm Edwards said, you play to win the game. Well, Damon Smith said, "Eh, (laughs) maybe not so much. You know, um, as he told me,
6: yeah, hang on. Was, I'm, uh, I'm,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm looking for this quote.
6: I uh, yeah, you know, I know. I got.
0: <laughs> we had a tough with time with Cleveland. That way. We we had a tough time with Cleveland. We didn't see a path to victory there. We thought we'd see Summit, and we set up our weights for them. So, Damon Smith was playing the long game mm-hmm. Saturday, mm-hmm. and you know, you on one hand you don't want to concede anything. I get that. On the other hand, sometimes you got to be realistic.
6: Yeah. Exactly. And that's, you know, it kind of showed Brentwood has been very solid these last few years. There's some great guys. You got a top ranked 138 pounder in Arash Yazdani. Clark Vaughn is a senior. He's been on the rise here for forever, it seems like. He's an old soul on top of that, but he's a two-time state medalist. So you got some guys to work around, obviously. But when you're going in to face a Cleveland, you got to be ready because Cleveland's got, what, five or six defending state finalists, so guys that consistently wrestle both individually and as a team and the dual side for state titles. They're just used to it. So it's kind of just a different level there, and it kind of showed right away. Opening at 157 in that semifinal, you know, Clark Vaughn uh, wrestling at 157, a solid guy at 157, a veteran wrestler for Brentwood, Um Got tagged with a, a takedown there, I think, midway through the second period. Cy Fowler opens up with a pin. Cleveland gets another pin at 65. Then they get a decision at 75. And then another pin at 90. And, it, you know, just the the landslide kind of starts. And when you're sending out one of your best to kind of set the tone that kind of shows and then everybody else is watching and it's like, "Whoa, wait, Clark got pinned. Oh man. So, you know, not, it's just one of those spots and you know, anything could happen on the mats, but it just wasn't a good start for Brentwood. And as you said, playing the long game, they kind of anticipated the idea of, Hey, last year, they made it to the state duels this year, talking to all those guys, talking to Smith afterward, it was like, Hey, we want to come away with some hardware. So if you can't, if you know you can't really get past Cleveland, then it's like, well, what's the next best thing I'm going to have to do? And it's probably going to be against Summit. So intriguing setup how they did that. It starts with Clark Bond.
1: <laughs> well, and, and how much, you know, it's not just talk about the long game. It's not just the state duels that you're really setting your guys up for, because this is a confidence booster For the remainder of the season individually as you continue on through the rest of the state tournament into, again, the individual state championship opportunities, this is a confidence booster for those guys, right? It's
0: a confidence booster or a motivator. Mm-hmm. Depending well, on yeah. how it goes. And, because, and Pete
1: Miller's going, okay, well, we can, we can play with that. We can play that, too.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> in fact, he kind of pointed that out. He said, we left here with a bad taste in the mouth last year. Uh-oh. Wound up second in the state in the individual, and that's kind of the plan this time. So, And again, Summit's still sitting there with Jarvis Little, who's headed <laughs> to Appalachian State. Still sitting there with Landon DeSalle, who's headed to Ohio. The. the Ohio State, excuse me. And, you know, with with a bunch of young kids who will probably have similar opportunities at some point as well, including Zachary Miller, who, as their dad said, that gal opinion. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, the Summit Brentwood Consolation final match was a, reprise again of the region six double a finals that summit won 47 45 27 and how you pick up or how you eat up an 18 point stagger like that is um impressive
6: you kind of got to make up every single level and Brentwood kind of did that especially how it started too and you know this was you. T- I talked about some seniors there Arash Yazdani, Clark Vaughn, guys like that this is a senior laden Brentwood team I think they got 10 guys out of the 14 weights there that are seniors plus yeah. some on the backside too but these guys had never beaten Summit I mean the last time Brentwood beat Summit in a duel was in 2019, December 2019. So you think about that kind of backing up, they've only faced each other, you know, a handful of times in that timeframe, including the last two region championships. And both of those were almost identical scores, 45, 27, I think 47, 25. So you got a lot to make up and, but you're coming against a Summit team that uh, as coach Miller said, maybe was a little cocky because they've beaten them and handled them so well. And a Brentwood team that, had this one pinned as we talked to Coach Smith. Like this was, we knew we were going to get to this one, and we know we want it. And uh, they got the start they wanted.
0: <laughs> pinned literally yeah. because yeah. each of Brentwood's first five wins were by pin. Exactly,
6: and that's why it was so impressive there. Because you know, it's all about. Getting those extra points there, and you know, an Ellison Abramowitz at 106, a Charlie Say at 120. Both those kids were in Charlie, battles, and yeah, Charlie
0: <laughs> Say, Charlie yeah. Say was nearly pinned himself. Exactly,
6: and that was, you know, that's uh, I think it's Noah Hajek, the uh, mm-hmm. the young man for for Summit. They Noah beat Charlie in the regional, you know, in the same kind of way where Charlie was kind of in control. Noah flips them around and ends up sticking them just like that. Ellison did that at one Oh six. We saw Aiden Thompson. We saw Henry Drazik, We saw Ruger humble. All three of those guys open up with decisive first period pins first in that upper weight. Pins, exactly.
0: Uh-huh. They weren't just pins, but they were, let me get off the mat. Yes. Yes. Yep.
6: And even, you know, Jackson Ard, the big fellow for Brentwood at the heavyweight going against Peter Severino. That was, I think their third meeting this year. And each time Jackson has been able to gain a little bit of ground. I think he got majored initially. I saw him wrestle at the uh, Father Ryan tournament. And I think that was a 5-1 ma- matchup. And, you know, Art ended up falling late there, but it was a 4-3 decision, you know, just chipping away. And, you know, that's a big motivational thing when you see a guy who's not been able to to get past somebody. You're still, You're still gaining ground. And then sure enough, you kind of follow suit there. It was it was really impressive there. But when you're Brentwood and you're starting with your max points and you're getting those in a lot of those swing matches, too. When you get to that summit gauntlet, you know, you need your summit guys then to to win by pin, essentially. And a couple of those guys weren't able to do it. So it was like a lose small mentality that Brentwood was able to get away with. And a couple of those guys did just what they had to do.
0: <laughs> well, it, it wasn't even a lose small mentality, yeah. it was it was a, a win. Mentality in a lot of those situations for Brentwood coming up with their first with their highest dual finish since nineteen ninety
6: eight. Yeah, yeah, they had a fourth place finish in Coach Smith's first year in twenty eighteen, and then uh, you have to go much further back to uh, to to those uh, early nineties when they I think they wrestled for a state championship twice there, and you know there's just not a lot of opportunity for a dual podium finish for Brentwood. And, Hey, the guys pulled one out.
0: Congratulations to the Bruins. What were you going to say? And so as Chris was saying, now everybody goes back to their respective uh, wrestling rooms and resets for region tournaments beginning this weekend. Um, My
6: goodness. Yeah, and there's some good ones there. (laughs)
0: Yeah, um, this this one here that that we kind of concern ourselves with is going to be a lot of fun because you got Summit, you got Brentwood, you got Indy, you got Franklin, um, Nolensville. Saw mm-hmm. saw so, um, so Andrew Tomlinson at the tournament. He's like, I just checking out where we were supposed to be yeah so so that's
6: a a page and independence those were very competitive teams that were knocking off the cook and you know battling with the arlington's and bradley's and everyone that we got to see so yeah we got williamson county's top two but you know the other top two or three would have been able to contend and get a match or two i think it stayed as well which was pretty impressive
0: well and it's been that way in williamson county speaking as a Williamson County wrestling parent. It's been that way for a long time. I mean, you go out there and you watch some of the teams that get there and it's like, this is it.
6: And I don't want to sound like a a true homebody here for being with my Williamson County guys here, but following summit over these years and, and seeing the matchups with, with the Cleveland, um, you know, third time in four trips to state that they've got to wrestle against them. First time was in the semifinals and they took third, they had the one year where they took fourth last year. They actually missed one another. Um, Things kind of have to play out perfectly to challenge a Cleveland team for sure, but Summit in each of the last four years has really kind of had the team that's been almost the closest, I feel like. And it was really disappointing to kind of see that first round matchup, obviously, a 9 a.m. showdown against really kind of pitting the tops one and two against one another. Uh, Wasn't ideal, and I know there's a lot of of backlash coming out of that, especially on the coach chatter and everything. And there's a lot of things that need to change in how that tournament's seeded, but that's a whole nother conversation. But when you think about how close Summit has been, you know, again, Summit took a couple of those matches, uh, and then they it wasn't as dominant. Cleveland wasn't as dominant as they were against a Brentwood. And in the finals against Knox Hall, I mean, they just absolutely rolled over Knoxville Halls in the finals and forfeited out the final five or six matches.
0: Yeah, they were up 38 nothing, and yeah. then forfeited out the final six to win 38-36. Don't be fooled by that score. Mm-hmm.
6: And, you know, Summit <laughs> <laughs> didn't have their best stuff. That's for sure. You know, they needed some guys to win at those upper weights. They needed someone to pull an up, say, at 106, 113 or something like that to set up their guys. They didn't want to start at 150, but, you know, they got they got a couple for them. And that I think that shows how Summit's been able to grow over these, these years. And, you know, it's kind of uh, tough now knowing that this is the senior year for a Jarvis and a Landon, and who's mm-hmm. who's kind of grown with this and put Summit and Coach Miller and everybody on the map. Truly, you know, in Williamson County, everybody's elevated as a whole. These guys roll around with the Yazdani's and Vaughns and Spencer Khan at Indy and Simpson at Page. All these great wrestlers we have in the area all work together and build off of one another. And I think it goes back, you know, four or five years when we started really building as a as a true county it's been it's been neat to see but it was just unfortunate that we saw that early on and starting at 150 and all these things wanted to see that true duke it out kind of duel you know
0: absolutely charles pulliam of the williamson hero joining us here on main street sports today you can check out his show starting at six is that right? six o'clock yep it's on facebook where else is it
6: that's the thing right now i'm uh doing some transitions so uh, we'll have it Posted and shared a little differently in the weeks to come, but I'm always figuring stuff out. That's the thing with me, man. I end up having to be my own technician and host and all that stuff, and then I should take some photos while I'm at it and set everything up and buy the gear and let's ride. A, horses just tore up my barn and uh, yeah, whatever, right?
1: I understand. <laughs>
6: yeah, you got to wear a lot of hats, day.
0: right? Yeah.
1: All of the hats.
0: All yeah. the hats, Charles. We appreciate it, man. We'll talk hey, to you thanks soon. for
6: having me, guys. I always love getting to chat some some wrestling, and we got a couple good weeks of it to go here.
0: We do indeed. Look forward to seeing you out there.
6: See you guys. All right. Go hey, when we... I'm to sorry.
0: Alaska, go North. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, that's okay. Um, when we come back here on Main Street Sports today, a little football, or a little more football, as the case may be. So um, some NFL, some college, some coaching moves, in both the NFL and college. So stay with us, Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. We're coming at you from the Lee Company Studios here in Columbia. I'm Maurice Patton. That's Chris Yao. Coaching moves. We've had a few more. We, we've had a few. There's talk of some more. Um, right, right off the rip. Dan Quinn has his offensive coordinator in Washington, and it's not Eric Bieniemy. Shocking. Oh,
1: Wait, is it? The sarcasm is, is, no. is thick in here today. Uh, <laughs> today, always. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I certainly did not expect to see Eric Biony return, and, and I'm not sure that Eric Biony wanted to return. <laughs> I think that's the
0: thing. Well, what's funny though is, as you if you looked at Twitter X, whatever you care to call it these days. Why didn't Eric Bieniemy get the offensive coordinator job at Washington? Well, one, he probably didn't want it. Two, I never, I never really thought he was going to get it. Once, once, once Eric Bieniemy didn't get the head coaching job in Washington, I didn't think he was going to be in Washington, and I never really thought that was going to happen. Either. Yeah, i
1: I mean, obviously. It's not, and no, and
0: no fault of Eric B. enemies. I don't,
1: I don't think so either. I'm, I'm really curious what's going to happen with him, because it's not like there are a lot of offensive coordinator jobs open.
0: I'm not sure that there are any.
1: I, I mean, I assume maybe Carolina. I don't, but yeah, do you want that one? I mean, Bad the jobs—the jobs that are open, which and has Mike McDonald hired someone yet in Seattle? That may be an option, and would be a decent one, I think. Uh, I think Geno Smith's game translates similarly to what Patrick Mahomes is able to do, and the way they play mm-hmm. may be similar. Mm-hmm. I, he's gonna get a job if he wants one. If he wants one,
0: and that might be the thing, he might just be ready to kind of step off the hamster wheel for a minute.
1: Honestly, like it's 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 absurd when you go back and look at what Kansas City did this year offensively. Now I know that they had some some personnel issues, but I, I mean it's clear that Eric Bieniemy was a a net positive for the Chiefs offensively. Just looking at the last two seasons side by side. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how you could not want that guy in your corner. Now, again, there's still talk that Andy Reid may retire.
0: I think he winds up back in Kansas City in some some capacity. I don't
1: disagree with that at all. Co-offensive
0: coordinator, or just a because I think Andy Reid has that kind of feeling. Yep. for him. Yep, and you know there was talk over the course of this season, as you talked about how Kansas City slipped a little bit offensively. How much of that was because the enemy was not there? I think some of. I think at least some of it. This was just why I say
1: there was a net, that he was a net positive in Kansas City. Sure. So I, I mean. That being said, Eric Bieniemy is not the offensive coordinator in, in Washington. Cliff Kingsbury
0: is. Former Arizona head coach. Um, things did not work out so well in Arizona for Kingsbury or the Cardinals. But, you know, I, I think as you watch football, both at the collegiate and professional levels, one thing you realize is not everybody's made to be a head coach. Uh, Maybe offensive coordinator is Cliff Kingsbury's lane.
1: I don't know. I just I, I think I think the situation was already what was just bad. I I don't think Kyler Murray is an NFL level quarterback. I have never thought Kyler Murray was an NFL level quarterback. I think the same thing about Kyler Murray as I do Bryce Young. They're too small. That's it. I just—they're not good enough. And in the NFL, in Cliff Kingsbury's offense, particularly, you have to be a very good quarterback. Now, do I think Carson Wentz or whomever the Sam quarterback Powell, whoever, whoever, whoever that quarterback mm-hmm. may be in Washington is better? I don't know, <laughs> but it's definitely Kyler Murray is definitely not it. And and that's so. I, I'm reserving judgment on Cliff Kingsbury as an NFL head coach.
0: Until you see him in a better situation. <laughs>
1: until until he's given the opportunity to have a better situation because the fact is that Arizona put all their eggs in the Kyler Murray basket. Now, that may have been at the behest of Cl- Cliff Kingsbury. He may have said, no, this is my guy. I don't know. Because I'm not close enough to that situation, and if he did, then all bets are off. But if he didn't, and that was an Arizona decision, not a Cliff Kingsbury decision, then I think you know there's there's some stuff that you can kind of go, okay, well maybe maybe we have to hold off for just a second and say, you know, I I, I don't know. I mean, he was pretty good at Texas Tech. I mean, wasn't. And didn't set the world on fire, but it's Texas Tech.
0: Who was the quarterback?
1: Exactly. <laughs> I mean, and they still never lost fewer than five games. So, you know, maybe he's not. Maybe he's a great offensive coordinator. I, I don't know. But, yeah, it's – Offensive coordinator Cliff Kingsbury scares me if I'm Dan Quinn. Of course, Dan Quinn's just trying to do anything he can
0: at this point. Well, I think, and and we've kind of alluded to it over the last few days, I think Dan Quinn might just be glad to be a head coach. He is. Because if you're being at all selective, why do you take that job? Yeah, and, and I mean... I mean, the the idea that you would... Uh, we saw Ben Johnson, the OC at Detroit, decide to stay at Detroit as OC rather than take that head coaching gig. Well,
1: <laughs> maybe he wasn't able to be selected. Maybe Jerry Jones said, geez, Dan, you need to take this job. Yeah. Trust me when I say that I taking would, this job would be in your best interest. I would strongly <laughs>
0: advise you <laughs> that if you get another opportunity somewhere, you should take it. Yeah. I, I um, mean, I don't know.
1: Maybe he wasn't selective no, at all.
0: Maybe, maybe, maybe. That's
1: because he did. I mean, Dan Quinn came out and said, I'll take any job that's available, please. That's, he quite literally said, I will take the job if offered. <laughs>
0: I will seek and I will accept. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe, maybe you have answered the question. Then. Perhaps. I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do the checks clear? <laughs> That's all. Oh, new
1: ownership. We're in good shape. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: It's interesting. Very. But yeah. I, I, You know, I think it's going to be a a really unique situation when you have a guy who is an offensive-minded guy who's been a head coach, a defensive-minded guy who is the head coach. Perhaps there's a way for them to just kind of have that symbiotic, you know, co-head coach almost, you know, relationship. Or maybe it runs
0: off in a ditch.
1: Or perhaps it runs off in a ditch because Kingsbury's like, dude, I've done this too. Dan Quinn. I coached in the Super Bowl. You got, you blew a 30, a 28 to 3 lead. 25 point lead. You blew a 25 point lead. Shut up. So you're saying
0: (laughs) this could be Harson Mason North? It could be. And that
1: didn't work out so well for anybody
0: except Derek Mason.
1: Well,. I mean, Eventually. He, he ended up, yeah, it, it took him a while to get back, but, you know, he had to go to Stillwater to get there. And I'm not sure that's where anybody wants to go. Was it really worth it? I mean, Kingsbury ends up back up in Stillwater. He's, he's, he's not going to be happy. So, Well, he's
0: been in Lubbock. How much worse can Stillwater be? Exactly.
2: Oh, man.
0: Um, Bill O'Brien apparently is in the news. Bill and, O'Brien and, and yeah and, and and it doesn't have anything to do with Jalen Milroe. Well, unless Jalen
1: Milroe is going to be looking for a new home in the next four weeks, I don't think he'll be playing for
0: Bill O'Brien I, no matter what. Though, no, <laughs> uh, unless he wants to go play receiver, I guess. I don't know. You're going from quarterback at Alabama in the college football playoff to receiver at Boston College. I mean I think there's plenty of places Jalen Milrow could go without that. (laughs) But Bill O'Brien apparently headed to Boston. Is he shipping off to Boston? Like, is that is it done now? I don't know that it's done, but that seems to be that's everything I'm See him when I type in Bill O'Brien.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm with you. Like, I just didn't know if it was – if it, if if I had just missed that it was actually No, done. I
0: don't think it's done. It's close is the way it's being characterized. <laughs> Likely to become. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's an interesting – look, I, I think this is a really – it's an interesting move from Boston College, but I think it's a really good move by Boston College. Again, Bill O'Brien at the collegiate level had That's a – Pretty been solid. He's 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 been pretty good as a head coach. Two, it's Boston College and the ACC. It's not like it's impossible. It's not an impossible situation. No, not at all. And so, an opportunity now presents itself for both of these guys, or both both the coach and the team to reset
0: mm-hmm. almost. I love this movie. Yeah, and, and for a program <laughs> that did not expect to have to make a hire. Yeah. It's not the worst hire.
1: No, no. I, I mean, you just go y- – all you have to do is look at the one year at Penn State. Just look at the one year at Penn State, what he did under those circumstances, and you you think – now, again, what he did at Penn State had nothing – He he didn't have to recruit – He had to basically chicken wire and bubble gum.
0: Well, he probably had to re-recruit.
1: Yeah, he did have to recruit some guys in the locker room. But I mean, and that's that's going to be a a big point going forward. Obviously, in the world that we live in, Mm -hmm. recruiting your locker room is huge. But I think, I mean, I really feel like this guy has the ability with his style of play to be successful in the ACC.
0: And you know the issues that he had in Houston wanting to run everything. Well, he'll get to run everything in Boston College. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're not gonna. They're not gonna mess with it. So, it's yours. Should be interesting. I,
1: I like the hire. I think if if they hire Bill O'Brien, it will be an A minus hire. I mean, there are obviously guys out there that could be a plus, but Boston College isn't gonna go get them. So. So, for Boston College, probably an A-plus higher, but for college football, aim on this.
0: Yeah. Um, Kentucky in the market for an offensive coordinator again.
1: Liam Cohen headed to Jacksonville?
0: No. Yes. I'm not sure. He's He's headed out of Lexington.
1: Yeah, he's not going to be the –
0: I don't think it's Jacksonville. No, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, and it was Florida. I just couldn't remember which one it was. <laughs> well, you had three shots. So. <laughs> one out of three ain't bad. Yeah. Um. I guess he'll be replacing um, Dave Canales. Yes, who took the Panthers' sense. job? So yeah. So um, who's it gonna be? Who goes to Lexington? Well, funny hmm. you should ask. randy sanders was offensive coordinator at kentucky at one time right or was he just quarterback's coach
1: he might have just been quarterback's coach but
0: well but
1: it's
0: not unprecedented that a former ut assistant be on the staff at the university of kentucky so
1: it would however be unprecedented for a former national championship winning quarterback (laughs) at the university of tennessee
0: that's all i'm saying (laughs) T. Martin appears to be on the short list to go work with Mark Stoops in Lexington.
1: Okay, but. I don't like it. Okay, but. Mm -hmm. I just told you. I just told you. Who doesn't have an offensive coordinator right now? Caroline? Mike McDonald. Oh. Oh. And oh, by the way. Oh.
0: Hmm. Hmm. it's a thought. Mike McDonald, former Baltimore, D.C. T. Martin, current (laughs) current Baltimore assistant, quarterback coach. I'm
1: just saying, Mike, do it forever. Do it for us. Vol Nation will love you forever if you keep him out of Kentucky Blue.
0: Right. Because, you know, eventually they're going to get that thing Right.
1: Don't and T. done a
0: pretty good job at the collegiate oh, level. He's been he great, can.
1: yeah. And that's that's kind of the problem. Is mm. I don't mm. know, man. I, I don't I don't want to see T. Martin as offensive coordinator anywhere but the University of Tennessee. Right. If he was to ever become an offensive coordinator at the college level, mm-hmm. I think he does have the ability to. I think he's going to end up being a candidate, if not the choice, in Seattle for Mike. Neal. Once again, maybe I'm just wishful
0: thinking. Uh, well, if if you if that's the case, then I'm wishing with you. Because, <laughs> so, like you said, if he's not coming back to UT, uh, don't want to see him in the SEC. No, you're yeah, exactly exactly. And finally, speaking of UT, could Rodney Garner be
1: on the move? I, I mean, it's it, it's really just. Twitter chatter. I think there are a lot of Auburn people who want to bring him home.
0: As I can see why they would.
1: Well, yeah, he's the best recruiter in the Southeastern Conference, in my opinion.
0: Period. Bar none.
1: Bar not. That's. I mean.
0: I mean, I don't even know who number two is.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's a, it's a distant list after Rodney Garner to me. Now that being said, does Auburn want someone that age? Does that being that being said, does Rodney Garner want to work for Hugh Freeze? Why would you I think leave that's Tennessee? Bigger question. Why would you leave Tennessee to go to Auburn right now and work for Hugh Freeze? And, and yeah, and, and oh, by the way, on top of that, but it is his alma mater, and you know, the family's the family. And as much as I make fun of it, it's not untrue.
0: It would be his third stint at Auburn. He began his coaching career at Auburn, was Mm -hmm. there six seasons as tight ends coach, assistant strength and conditioning coach, and, oh, yeah, recruiting coordinator. (laughs) Surprise. Uh, Yeah. He was there from 13 to 20 as associate head coach and defensive line coach. And considering he, his only official title at Tennessee is defensive line coach. I would imagine that there would be some assistant head coach, associate head coach, something like that sure. to sweeten the, the pot at Auburn. <laughs> Auburn, which I would imagine is really wanting to bring someone in of a Rodney Garner caliber, having lost Cadillac not too long ago.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think they're, We know that Hugh Freeze has been a really good recruiter in college football. We do not know that Hugh Freeze has been a really good recruiter in this era of college football. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: take from that whatever you would like. I'm not sure... I'm curious if Hugh freeze realizes that he can't do this on his own, the way that he is used to doing it. Perhaps he has had a light bulb go off, come to some realization that it's a lot harder today than it has been in the past. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if that's the case and you're going to go after somebody there, I mean, it's, Great move by Hugh Freeze. Oh. I mean, a no-brainer. But...
0: I don't know. I can't th- see it. What What about this makes this an attractive situation for Rodney, for Rodney Garner?
1: I, nothing. Not nothing. None of it makes sense for Rodney Garner outside of it's Auburn. If he wants to finish his career there, whatever.
0: I'm not sure. I mean, Rodney Garner is about 55-ish. Gosh, I'm not no, sure. he's older than that. He's been doing this for 34 years. He played at Auburn from 85 to 88.
1: Well, that was 40 years ago.
0: I know. But he's so, younger than me. How is he not 62? I, why would he be 62? Again, he played from 85 to 88, which means he graduated from high school in 85. Okay.
1: okay. Sorry. <laughs> I thought for whatever reason I thought you said I thought you said he ended in 85. No. Okay. Well, that makes more sense. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> <I was laughs> the like, math
0: wasn't math, then was it? It was
1: not. In my head, it was not working. Yeah. But yeah, he's been coaching for 34
0: years. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm not sure that he's thinking about his last stop uh, just yet. In the stop that he's currently at, I would think that, objectively speaking, Tennessee's trajectory is a little bit different than Auburn's. I
1: think so. I think Tennessee is definitely on the upswing, and Auburn is not.
0: So, Let's talk some things to see. Yeah. Some things to keep an eye on, no doubt, here over the next few weeks. And speaking of keeping an eye on things, college football playoff again goes to 12 teams the next time it takes place. How's that going to work when we come back here on Main Street Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint? We will take a look at Some of the things that might be factoring into how that's going to look. You got that radio voice. I It's a good sounding. Right. They miss radio too. The <laughs> As do we. <laughs> and then here's the other thing you guys, you're spot on with the name. Everybody wants to be on Main Street. Everybody wants to
1: be on Main Street. So And, and we reach every Main Street in Middle Tennessee, coach. Yeah, that's it. So
0: perfect. when you're on Main Street and you are moving, you got to love it. Like you're moving. I was impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad someone. Welcome back to the final segment of the day of Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I'm Maurice Patton. That's Chris Yao. And the run of show says, CFP Future. Since you typed in the run of show, I'll hand you my
1: crystal ball. Well, I don't think the crystal ball is going to tell us what's going to happen because I don't think anybody knows. Obviously, the college football playoff is in a transition period to 12 teams. Now, whether or not that means a 5-7 model or a 6-6 model is still up in the air. And the reason is because, as we told you earlier, Washington State President Kirk Schultz, Six guarantees of voting rights revenue distribution for the PAC 2 beyond 2025. And I don't I mean I understand exactly where he's coming from. Obviously, I understand why the other conferences are angry.
0: But I don't know that the other conferences should be angry. I mean, I think they should understand, particularly particularly the ACC and the Big Ten should understand because they are the ones that benefited from the implosion of the Pac-12 the most. Well, I mean, you know what happened to the conference and you know what happened to Oregon State and Washington State. I think, How are you going to be angry at them for looking out for themselves? Right.
1: What I would suggest, Washington State and Oregon State say is, "Why are we different from Notre Dame?" <laughs> of course, they,
0: there's a, no. there's, <laughs> a there's a million answers to that question. There's a, there's a
1: big difference. I don't. I mean, there's obviously Notre Dame has a lot different track record, but that's i mean if if it's the power 5 or power 4 and Notre Dame well i mean again the pack 2 1 is still in a still a conference at least for two more years if if the college football playoff does not give them Some sort of assurances, how can they rebuild the Pac 12? Mm -hmm. Right. If they're not willing to give them those assurances, well, then they don't get anything they want for the next two years because Kirk Schultz is going to rightfully say no.
0: He's going to obstruct everything until he gets what he wants. Yeah. And so, you know, that's. And deservedly so. That's
1: kind of the, the you know they're they're really playing a game of chicken right now. If if I'm the G five, I love this hmm. because the Pac twelve can't or the Pac two doesn't get that auto bid because they only have two two members. You have to have eight. <clears throat> But the six-six model stays in place, which means two G5 teams get auto bids, mm-hmm. and so they're playing both sides of this coin here, hoping that Schultz continues, while also voting against Schultz <laughs> to save face, with, so that they don't they don't upset the powers mm-hmm. that be. So
0: they're they're playing both sides of the absolutely. Fence. So they're 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 hanging out with Kurt at the bar, said, yeah, dude, keep doing you. And then, like you said, voting against him in the meeting room.
1: Because you still got to save face with the guys who, after 2025, will be buttering your bread. Mm-hmm. I still think the G5 should leverage that top eight seed. Oh, absolutely. But I don't think any... I don't think, and I know that if we're saying this, somebody else has to, but I've not seen anybody else think that this was even, like, do we need to get Judy McLeod on the phone? Has anybody else thought, hey, this might be a negotiating tactic for us? I'm just saying, I don't know if any G5s have mentioned it in the college football playoff rooms. But I've not seen it mentioned anywhere, anywhere else. Anything that you're reading, yeah. Nobody who covers Group of Fives
0: is saying this, and it makes perfectly good sense. It really does. And so, because I mean, if you are a G five, why why should you have to? If you're the best G five, why shouldn't you be able to host a game in that round? You should. Uh, I mean
1: you shouldn't be automatically relegated to 12 Mm
2: -hmm. is
1: the point. That's, you know, and and I feel like in most cases, that's what's going to happen. mm -hmm. If if it's not already in place, despite the history.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. That being said, if, if the five, seven model does eventually pass, then you're kind of stuck
0: with the power four and one G5. One G5
1: and then seven seven at, larges. at largest. I still think that's Which going to... Which will all to,
0: be power fives.
1: I still think that's going to end up happening. I just don't know how we get there. I don't know if... Because here's the thing. If the college football playoff says, okay, well... If you can build your conference and you can get back to ten or twelve teams,
0: or at least eight,
1: then we will we will assure you, a
0: spot for you
1: this right you know for this number of this this payout. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not sure what the risk is to the college football playoff. If they do it, well, then it is what it is. I mean, the only risk is you're going to get one less Big Ten, ACC, SEC team in. Right. And I'm not even sure the ACC belongs in that. We have one less Big Ten or SEC team. That's the risk. And by 2026, man, there not even be no Big Ten, SEC to deal with. So again, which means there might not be a college
0: football playoff to deal with.
1: What's the risk to the college football playoff to say, okay, fine, give you this assurance that, you know, we are negotiating this number or this percentage? Maybe it's a little less than what the power fours are getting, but it's still a little more than what the other G5s are getting in order to entice other G5s to come in for
0: payouts. I'm looking at the CBS sports story on this topic, and Charlie Baker last month, I'm sorry, in December, um, proposed a different subdivision for college football? I just don't see it. Would this be for, like, the middle ground between the Power 4 slash 5 and FCS, or is this... I think so. And I don't,
1: I don't think that that's... It. I think that that is the best thing for... The, the lower half of the Power 5? for the vast majority of of that of that subdivision
0: those those schools that are not in that 18 schools that make up 50% of the college football viewership but are in power 5 but
1: the college football playoff is where the money is they're not going to get any they're not gonna get more money than FCS gets because the same number of people are going to watch the G five playoff as watch the FCS playoff. I'm sorry. You think? Yeah, there's there's just I
0: mean if you're Missouri. If you're Illinois.
1: Oh I I, I think the I think there are probably fifty-eight teams. That would go to the upper echelon, not eighteen. And I think Missouri and Illinois are on that edge.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. It, I'd be interested to see
2: where it, that line it, is. If it,
0: if it went to three tiers like that, where where the dividing line would be? The yeah. line would be that. That's what we would have to
1: decide in order just to, to know if that would work. Yeah. It would be close. To see, yeah, I just, I just, and, don't and know. not just where the line is, but who, who falls, who falls on, either who makes side, the cut? On, the, on the five, mm-hmm. yeah, the five here and the five there. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. First, first, last five in, first five out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Man, yeah. flown by when you're having fun, right? <laughs> it's something like that. Yeah. So, um, tomorrow's main street sports today we will visit as we do every tuesday with chip walters who has his fingers on the pulse of activity at middle tennessee state and we don't have a second guest yet not yet but i'm sure between now and two o'clock tomorrow we will so it's also top five tuesday it is top five tuesday I'm hoping that, that, that we can get in the top five celebrity sports fans. Oh, goodness. That'll be interesting. Come back tomorrow at 2 o'clock and see what we do come up with here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. We'll see you then.